This is Work and Life Harmony podcast with Coach Kim Betty, mixing motivation and music with Herman Curry. Greetings to everyone. This week's topic, it came from the profound question of the late Rodney King. Can we all get along? And that's going to make more and more sense as I share with you my interview with Al Winant, the co-founder of a startup app. And actually, it's not an interview. It's more of a courageous conversation between two people who couldn't be more different. And you will hear us navigate our differences and differences of thoughts and experiences and create uh, harmony. Before we do that, though, I just want to sort of break it on down and take this concept of can we all get along and talk about it from the perspective of harmony versus disharmony. I did my research in preparation of the podcast, and actually this was from a Yale-led research team that did a report in January of 2021, so fresh research. When you look at harmony in a relationship, it's not only about agreeing. It also means understanding, and I love that, mm-hmm. which also implies consideration, acceptance, and empathy. Where there's disharmony, people disagree about important things, and this can cause an unpleasant atmosphere. And so what's really cool, Herman and I were talking about this behind the scenes, is that you can also have disharmony within yourself. Cognitive dissonance or cognitive disharmony, that gets really deep. And that's you battling within yourself, your thoughts and your feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. and your behaviors. When people agree, brain activity is harmonious. When two people agree, their brains kind of go into this calm synchronicity of activity, similar to a musical duet. Mm -hmm. And then it says when there's a dispute or disharmony, Many regions of the brain become activated and mobilized like a symphony orchestra playing different music. It's almost like your brain is gathering roadblocks and bricks to build a wall. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Musically, dissonance can be processed uh, because it it, it opens up your mind. Mm -hmm. Whereas in other cases of dissonance, it closes your mind down. And so in cognitive dissonance, it, it makes your mind shut mm-hmm. down. But in, in, in harmonic dissonance, it actually forces you to, to open up. And some people get it and some people don't. And, and a good example is John Coltrane's music as he went along. It became more and more difficult for people to follow him because mm-hmm. he was chasing after dissonance and not, uh, not harmonic melody. He was, he, was, he was looking for energies that were outside of the norm. He didn't want any harmonic anchors. He wanted to be able to explore whatever he wanted to explore without somebody anchoring him. And harmony adds, actually provides an anchor because it gives you a, an outline and a guideline as this is what we're working with. Or dissonance is like, okay, we're going to throw something in here that's going to just, you know, the hair on your arm stand up kind of thing. And there's a whole school of... Uh, Orchestral music is based around dissonance, and it's, it's like the later 20th century uh, composers were very much into that. But some of that stuff people can't listen to because it's it's it grates on their nerves. 
when you think about it, wrestling with, you know, cancel culture that we have, somebody says mm-hmm. something and it doesn't agree with you, but it ruffles your feathers. So you just cancel them. I don't want to hear what you have to say because it'll make me have to wrestle with them myself. Oh, this is what I've been telling my, some of my clients that I've been helping. How do you take a stand without putting other people down? Mm. So it is interesting to me that when it goes to that point that I have to annihilate you in order for me to take a stand or then to we feel got the problem. comfortable with myself. Yeah, this I gotta. That's when it's you know. cro- it's crossing a line there. When you're having these conversations with people who are different than you, even people who are similar, because you could have similar things in common and still think different and feel different about some things. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's especially a minefield of navigating hot buttons when it's someone that's very different than you. Yeah. And so it can get on your nerves for a moment. However, if you give it space, there's so much to be learned and it's a process for transformational dialogue. So first you start with small talk, just kind of chit chat, and then you move on to presenting the facts, the facts of what's going on with you and what's going on with me. And then you start to share what you think. Mm-hmm. You create a safer space because the minute that you share what you think, that's a vulnerable situation because people can have opinions about it or thoughts about it. And then you go on to share and dig deeper on what you feel. When you can explain why you think and feel the way you do, that's the game right there. I wrote an ebook recently and I say it's not really an ebook, it's a manifesto. Even though it is an ebook on amazon.com, it's a manifesto and the manifesto is diversity intelligence is the new emotional intelligence. And I talk about the top 10 reasons why diversity intelligence matters. And my theory is we all know the importance of emotional intelligence as it relates to communicating with people and getting along and relating. However, nowadays with so much, and I shouldn't say nowadays, we've always had civil unrest and social unrest and the politicizing of things. Right now, though, we are at another junction where people are on edge. So what's that? Don't push me because I'm yeah, close, close to, to the edge. Yeah, exactly. So people are that way. And so my theory is that diversity, intelligence, understanding yourself and your hot buttons and your history and your past experiences and the experience from the other day that happened when you were at the grocery store, you know, whatever that is, we've got to be more and more aware of it. Here's why we really have to wrestle with this harmony versus disharmony. 40% of people say they have personally experienced or witnessed political disagreement at work. And a quarter of people say that politics has led them to hate some people and to think seriously about moving away from their own community. So my question to you is, have you experienced or witnessed political or social disagreements at work and how did you handle it? And Herman's going to play some music to give you some space to think. Well, uh, this this particular uh, composition is, is so my homage, as you would say, to the to the to the George Clinton Parliament funkadelic. The idea of funk, funk had this thing of of stating that you know we could all get along, mm. you know, under one groove or on the one that whole thing. That's what George, you know. He, he pushed that idea. 
And all within that music was a combination of harmony, dissonance, uh, political statements, just all kinds of things. So funk is, is, is a combination of harmony and dissonance. Love it. Mm. And in this, in this case, the, the, the particular song, I, I'm going to go to the, it's, uh, it's like a, a sort of a guitar solo thing, but it's sort of a sort of dissonant sort of harmony in it with a little bit of background stuff thrown in it, but with a, you know, with a kind of a hard groove on it, so. guitar harmonies blending and then converging so they're coming they're going in and they're going out i wonder well, okay you go this way i go this way mm. but we can meet up again yes that's a beautiful segue into this courageous conversation that i had with al Winant from ngomu and listen with open ears listen with an open mind and most importantly listen with an open heart. So I wanted to have a conversation with Al Winant. He is the co-founder of Ngomu. It's a startup app and I'm so excited to be a part of it. Basically on the ground up, I think I was a little late. There was like 50 coaches before me, I think when I when I joined <laughs> in. And it's super cool and I'll have Al tell you all more about it. I'm part of also the diversity task force. And so we often have really great, deep, authentic conversations. So I thought that we would just simply do that Al, today. We're missing a few people on our task force. I'm just gonna read a little <laughs> bit of what you say about Ngomu and then please join in Al. At Ngomu, our mission is to uplift humankind by making a positive difference in the lives of many. We have a group of coaches that will be at your fingertips via live group virtual sessions. My favorite sentence though in this mission is, we believe in a holistic approach to coaching. So welcome, Al. Thank you, Kim. It's great to be here. First of all, what does the word Ngomu mean? It's a funny word in essence, and everyone always remembers it. Um, but it's really a combination of the word learning or coaching and community, because we believe that, you know, you don't live on an island. You don't learn by yourself. You learn when you're surrounded by your peers. With so many people walking out of their jobs right now, companies have to do things differently. You know, they have to support the whole human being and not the C-suite. It's everybody. Everybody in the company, from the people who are at the front desk to the maintenance people to the CEO, they all have access to the same resources to uplift them. And it aligns with my mission, you know, as you know, Al, 
coming from, well, starting out in the community and really helping people that had just gotten out of prison, were low income, starting their lives over, Mm -hmm. displaced, and then going into corporate America and having the aha that at the time, and really still today, many of the best tools, techniques, talent, it's in corporate, and then it's only given out to the higher ups in corporate America. And I just made a vow that, you know, I really wanted to make sure that I created when I left corporate, something that would allow people to get those same high quality tools and techniques. It's why I do my podcast so that I can give it away. And that's why I, I was so attracted to Ngomu for that reason. Part of the application process was really to share with the founders what topics we were capable of, you know, presenting. And I think I listed a bunch, I'm sure. It was everything from leadership, <laughs> communication, burnout. You know, I had a whole list. And diversity was one of them. And you immediately wrote back, I'm most intrigued by this diversity topic. And why was that? And what are you really looking to do? Because there's a few of us that are having learning communities on diversity. So why why was that attractive to you? So it's interesting because, and I may say some politically incorrect things here, so forgive me. So I am the the sort of quintessential 54-year-old white guy. Mm-hmm. who lives on my little island sometimes. And, um, but I also realize I'm also a big fan of diversity. But as we started this process, diversity was also really, and still is, trending. But I always felt that it was not always trending the right way. Mm-hmm. Because diversity seems to be talked about still on one level in many cases when, it, when you talk about color. And as you know, as we've had conversations, it's a diversity is a big picture. And, and the reason why you ended up being one of the coaches on diversity, because the coaches yeah. we have on diversity are very different. And you brought a lot of different dimensions to that. And I wasn't I was intrigued by your life experiences that you bring that you bring to that. You know what you lived through, all of these sort of things. Yeah. I, I was as a first. It's interesting. Um, Sometimes the first interviews are like their first interviews and that's all they are. And then other interviews that go like, I wish I had more time or I, you know, I want to, so you were one of those interviews, you know, and I was just like, Hmm, I like this person. I can even be friends with this person, <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. you know, so it's like, I want to learn more and I think we can do something to, and, you know, I can delve a lot deeper here, but, mm-hmm. you know, I just really felt there was a great opportunity because everything had happened in the last couple of years, an awakening, whatever that is. But I think not a lot of people know what to do about it or, mm. you know, to respond or afraid to say something wrong. Like we've had awkward conversations around this, you know? So I was like, we need to do something around this because it is part of the big picture. I always wondered, and I never actually, we've t- talked about a lot of things and we've even And you taken- had a really, really cool picture. I know that's a very shallow thing oh. to say. <laughs> I know, and I felt like I did this corporate one, and I just want to go back to that same one. I had just done, actually, a program for Black, Beautiful, and Brilliant. So that was the photo shoot picture, and then it had, like, a lady it was an afro on the picture of my T-shirt, and I think it said, super bad, or something like that. Uh Uh I actually thought that was a gallery piece. 
Uh, I hypnotized Al with my coolness. It was just guys. a really cool yeah. picture, and I and I, I was and when you sent yeah. your corporate picture for the profile, I go like, I want the other one. <laughs> like, wah, wah. I, I want to go back to it too. But you know, you bring up a really good point, I, and I'm going to digress. We didn't, I didn't know what Al and I were actually going to talk about because it always goes in so many different ways. But it is really about that authenticity, mm-hmm. and I can confess. The corporate picture was another picture that I was doing and sort of more forced into boxing, into being a certain way. They said, we're this and we're that and we're this and we're that. I'll leave the company out of it. And I did that. And the other one was just me being exactly who I am. So I agree. I'm taking the other down. Down with you, blazer picture. (laughs) And when Al talks about my past and my history and what I bring, I mean, there's lots of different levels to it. I had this awakening in 2015 when I did discover the narratives of my great-great-grandfather of when he was enslaved, had no idea. And I always tell the story that it was a, it was sort of a rock bottom moment for me. You know, I was from Detroit. I was in New York. You think it would be great, but everything was just going wrong. And I literally cried out and was like, God, help me, help me. I want to break free from this, that, and the other. And I heard, Google your great-great-grandfather. Google your great-great-grandfather. And I was like, what the heck's going on? But I felt it so deep in my spirit, Al. And I Googled him. Mm -hmm. And I found that he had a narrative recorded. And I found all people had blogged about him and had pictures about him and all these different things. All that to say... It was an awakening for me to just really understand myself. And like, it was something about it. I was like, and as I learned his story, I was like, oh, I am somebody. And I come from somebody and, you know, whoa, I am super bad. And it was a breakout moment for me. It was so beautiful, though. I didn't want to be the only one to have it. So I've been on this mission because I want everybody set free to be their authentic self. So one of the things that I did with Al was we kicked off together a blog called Celebrating Diversity. Which which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did we start the diversity task force or the blog first or both kind of at the same time? It's as as you go back, it started with the question. Mm -hmm. And and then the question evolved into like, we need to have a group of people around us that we we can have meaningful conversations and difficult conversations and awkward conversations with. Um, And the blog blog was sort of how it grew out of that. Because we're like, we need to figure a way to tell tell these stories and celebrate these things. So how can we best do that? And I love that I can say this to, to Al. Al innocently said, let's take black history month and just sort of make it all history month i mean you know what i mean so it was kind of like that you didn't say it quite that you know Mm -hmm. frankly and i think i was one of the ones that stood up and said a lot of people were like let's do it and i was like excuse me you can't do that that this is this month and i sort of stood up for it and we talked but it was all about having those awkward conversations and no one feeling criticized or canceled or Mm -hmm. like any of that so tell me of what you remember about that moment. That's how I tell the story. And people go, eh, ew, that Al. And I'm like, no, you're missing the point, you know. They, they are missing the point. And if I can say so myself. So we, so in, in middle of January or something, this, was it this year? Yeah, time goes by so fast. So everybody's, well, we got to do something around Black History Month. And so I will tell you from the beginning what I despise when I go to certain retail stores and suddenly 
in certain months, displays show up and merchandise show up yes. to sell for, you know, if it's Black History Month, you know, Pride Month, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you have that display up all year. So <laughs> when, when people were saying, we need to do something around this, I, as the person uh, who has a leadership role in the company, sent a message to all of our black coaches. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said, we, I want to, we want to celebrate Black History Month in, you know, within Gomu, you know, how do we do this? What do we do? You know, sort of, and in my brain, I'm doing the perfect thing. I'm asking all the stakeholders right. in this month what, That's how it really <laughs> what, started. what we could do. And then the emails, and a couple of people, they're like, oh, that's a great idea. But what I really appreciated that most of the black coaches would go like, what, <laughs> you know, um, let me put this in perspective for you. And, but I'm open to that because that's the conversations we need to have. And it's like, I didn't feel attacked. It was just like, good, educate me. Let's have a, yeah. let's have a conversation. And so it's like, okay, you need, so I, I can put myself in your shoes. I haven't lived mm-hmm. this life. I don't have that history. I don't get it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, tell me, educate me. So I understand at least a little bit. And my understanding grows as we go along. And it's just like, but I, I need to be able to be open to that, which I am, Mm -hmm. you know, and the other side has to be able to say, Al, you're wrong and not Mm -hmm. feel that they are being chastised for Mm -hmm. saying that. It's like, no, it's an open conversation. And that's how you learn. Because I probably have things to share that you want to learn about my background or whatever, you know, and I don't even want to make any comparisons, obviously. But, you know, what I loved was I think what you said, too, was everybody had a perspective that was mine. mm -hmm. And what we really learned from it, long story short, you guys, was. Kim does not represent the thoughts and minds of every black person, nor did any of the others. And it blossomed into a beautiful celebrating diversity. We did keep the month purely black history month. Then we celebrated all the different months. And then we found out in all these different months, there's all these different things. And it really just became about celebrating authentically who mm-hmm. you are and all your experiences and it created a diversity task force. So we do kind of the editing and I'm really good at creating titles. I think that's like my shtick. <laughs> um, and sometimes I, I just, a couple of things that have sort of struck me yeah. is that some of the people who submit stories for the blog where we read words and you go, Ooh, can we still say that? Or can you use yes. that word or so? But that sometimes it's important to use a word in the context of the story because it mm-hmm. makes sense to the story and it, it gives clarity to the story and it also makes you feel like Ooh, you know but you get it and so sometimes we i don't think we've done that a lot but we've we had to go yeah. back once or twice to an author and get like mm, can we what's the context but it's kind of cool to leave it in because we really want yeah. their perspective so if you say right. i think people use ghetto a few times and it was certain things mm-hmm. and we're like well she meant ghetto it was ghetto and let her say ghetto yeah very yeah. cool very cool, Al. I, yeah, and what was really interesting to me, and I'd never thought of this, you know, one of our diversity committee members, Tracy, mm-hmm. you know, I've known Tracy for 30 some years, mm-hmm. and Tracy is my friend, and I never think of anything else as of Tracy as my friend, mm-hmm. you know, and then when we had these, and I've never had these conversations with her, okay. and Tracy, Tracy's black, and mm-hmm. so for, for the conversation here, so what I found really fascinating, you know, living here how the and tracy lives in bermuda and mm-hmm. so how 
her experience. So when we talk of it, sometimes we talk of it from the American perspective and the history mm -hmm. here. And then only, you know, a few miles outside the United States and, you know, not that far away in Bermuda, she's like, no, that's not me. That's not my culture. That's not my, so even, yes. you know, hearing the different, you know, the different backgrounds is, is so fascinating it's to me. It's been an eye-opener. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And so when I, my learning community, you guys, is called Diversity Intelligence is the New Emotional Intelligence. And the bottom line is really to give everybody that awakening, that freedom from the perspective of understanding myself and being able to communicate and express who I am so that you can learn and then actually wanting to hear and learn about you also. Mm -hmm. When I do facilitate these kinds of conversations, it is for the purpose of harmony. And it really was born out of, I compare all of this to the Rodney King incident back in the nineties, similar to, you know, all the different things that have been going on with, uh, you know, George Floyd and things like that. And, you know, he got beaten and then the police were arrested and then they let the police go. And then it created this up uproar in the community. And then he said, can we all just get along? And when you hear mm -hmm. about him, he says, I am a can we all get along kind of person. So that's kind of his thing. And so he just said what his thing always is. And my answer to him, I wish he was, you know, still alive, obviously. And then here mm -hmm. and he could say it, but can't we just all get along? I can hear Tracy saying that kind of like, can't we all <laughs> just get along? She's about energy and light and, you know, and my answer is no. I mean, yes, but no, not until. We take the time to do the work that we need to do to get along. So even with Al and I and vibing in the very beginning, because I felt the same way with you when I interviewed with you, I'm like, gosh, I really like him. And I like, I need these kinds of people in my life, you know, these, these thought leaders and, you know, people who can just be authentic. And Al and I got close, close when we started having those kinds of conversations. And I remember when I asked, and I don't know how much you'll share Al, but I was like, so what are about you? What's diverse about you and he was like what excuse me little lady right i just said it so blunt politically incorrect you know yeah it, that was that was an interesting thing because i've you know getting a little deeper here but i always feel that it's not about me um, so i'm i'm as it comes with the company it's about engagement yeah. it's about the coaches it's about the learners it's not about me i'm yeah. sort of the person as you're talking behind the, the person behind the scenes behind the curtain the Wizard you know, of Oz, like you're back Oz. there. So when you ask me that question, my in my brain, my first reaction is that's none of your business. Yeah, yeah. And then, but what I thought was absolutely you're like, yes, it is her business because Kim is so incredibly open with me, and I have nothing. What is whatever it is, it is. So I sh I shared I shared with Kim that my you know my little box was I fit in the GLBTQ plus you know I'm I'm gay box and you know Kim's <laughs> and the funniest part I'm just gonna say it Kim if you don't mind clapping <laughs> too. Okay, Kim was like I thought you were Asian. <laughs> I was like I am. No, my mother is French. But what's so funny is like you know you had made assumptions you know yeah. and and it to, and to me it's like i don't i don't really feel like being open so it was really interesting to sort of get yeah. me to step out of my comfort zone um about that because and and, and the reason why, why it's so weird for me at that time because on the diversity committee i know exactly what the boxes are of each individual mm -hmm. because you have all shared with me what those are yeah. and i very rarely ask people very rarely people ask me questions 
So I, and I will never just share in that mm-hmm. way. So when it comes to that, so when you asked, it was just like, it was like comfort, <laughs> discomfort at one side, because I never do it or I never, I've never asked. So it was just a really interesting, that, so I have to be generous with that too, because you all are generous yeah. with it. And it meant so much to me for that reason. And I think that's why I am the woman for this job to help us to increase our diversity intelligence, because mm-hmm. I've always had that sort of innocence about it like I don't know all the answers and I don't know all the politically correct things and however I'm not uncomfortable to ask you know and even though we all have diversity dimensions all of us you know we had one of our Angomo coaches share that I hate that song short people ain't got no reason to live you know because you know we're I am also a high challenged person and so we can walk around and you can see that she's short and people can see that I'm black and you can see that I'm a woman and you may be able to hopefully not see that I'm a woman of a certain age and you can see someone that might have a physical situation. You can't see if they have neurological, like there's all these different dimensions going on. I love that Al knows that he can walk around with his diversity dimension that you shared because I'm sure there's others and no one would know unless he wants them to know. And so it doesn't, it's not the exact same thing as the black man walking into the store that fits a certain stereotype that has a supposed counterfeit $20 bill and all, excuse me, hell breaks loose is different than you. And you talked about a little bit of an incident. I can't remember all the details. Yeah, no, I, I, I sold some, I was moving and I sold some stuff on Craigslist and some guy gave me a fake bill. I didn't realize it. And then I ended up going to the grocery store and um, paid with it. And then the lady at the lady cashier was like, I can't accept this. And I was like, why? And she's like, it's fake. It's fake money. And she was out sort of for, you know, for the kill, so to speak. And she yeah. calls over the, she calls over the, um, the manager. And I'm, of course, in a panic mode. But in the meantime, I slide my debit card. I paid for it and everything is mm-hmm. fine, so to speak. And the manager comes over. And she looks at us, she looks at us and she looks, she's like, oh, it's okay. Just, just leave you pay for it. It's fine. And so we were, um, we were driving home and then we both looked at each other in the car. You go like George Floyd. Mm. And so it was like a really weird, um, wow. eye-opening experience in a way to, you know, have the manager come over and look at you and go like, oh, it's fine. Just go, you paid for your stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then see, see in the news these other experiences where you go like yeah it is different um and so two things happened that same day at at the same experience as we're going in the store there's two hispanic gentlemen in front of us and they need a big cart like one of those flat but cart things and they ask the um they ask the lady working the doors where they can find a cart real friendly and just ask her and she goes i don't know just go find one in the parking lot Mm -hmm. he's like well that's really great customer service and 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 then we um we walk in the store she's like oh hi here's a cart i'm like okay and then we go out of the store and and when we leave when we're leaving the store there's a black couple in front of us a young couple they have their cart full of stuff you know and it's one of those stores where they check your receipt uh it's not the store you think it is so i'm gonna say so i don't want to say anything bad out there mm-hmm. um and so they stopped the couple and they i mean and they're counting everything in their cart I mean, every single piece. And I go, okay, leave. So we get there. And so they kind of look at the receipt. Don't even look at anything in the car. It's like, have a great day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? 
Mm. What's the only difference? You know, and so I actually wrote the store afterwards. I was like, this is an experience I experienced in your store, which is not okay. Um, I never heard back from the store, but, you know, I really did said, what can I do? I speak up and let the store know. Uh, but this is, this, if you pay attention and you see, you, you start to understand a little bit. But if we don't have those conversations, we'll never change anyone's heart. I really think about it as we're not trying to change minds. We're trying to change hearts. And I think you have to be able, you have to be able to have these conversations without judgment. Yeah. Because everybody comes from a different place. And I may ask a question, the other person may think, that's a stupid question. Or mm -hmm. how can you, that question is totally based in ignorance and racism and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I don't know that. I just want to have a, so you need to enlighten me. Because I can't change, not everybody can change their minds, but I can't change my mind. And if I ask a question, it's because I want to know. A lot of people feel like it's not my job to enlighten and find the right person. Like I'm happy to enlighten. Every person won't walk around wanting to enlighten. As we begin to you know, wrap this up, Al loves when I say that I want to create a utopia of reciprocity with people who are different. Hearing that kind of gives me a positive vibe for the future. Nice. So that's kind of, that, that's what it means to me. It's yeah. like there is a future. <laughs> There's a good future possible. Yeah. Tell our listeners how they can find out more about the app and not only my learning community, but many, 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 many others. Yeah. So you can always go to our website, which is in boomwood.com. That's pretty straightforward. So if you like to download the app, um, you can just go to the Google play store and look for in and it'll be right there. And it's, you can try it out for seven days for free. Then you have full access. And then of course, we invite you to subscribe later. Nice. Well, thank you for your time, Al. It was so fun being here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. You can listen to the EP and stay in touch with Herman by going to Everywhere Music Goes. You can follow him on Facebook. He's on iTunes and Spotify. Stay connected with me at Coach Kim Betty on social media and then my website, KimBetty.com. Please join the mailing list.